Okay, so um, so with this one, with evangelizing effectively, I wanted to cover some evangelism methods. So I got your names collected because I want to do an activity at the end. So I'm going to try to buzz through some of this, um, and I want you guys to understand it. So, uh, But some of the stuff you guys know. So if there's any questions, definitely stop and ask. But I want to get through some of this stuff so we can kind of practice it a little bit, and we'll practice again next week too. Because one of the big things that we need to do is you need to practice when it comes to the gospel, sharing the gospel, uh, and different methods. If you never practice, then when you open up your mouth, you're going to stumble, and then you might make yourself look like an idiot, and then you're going to defeat yourself from opening up your mouth again. So it's good to practice it. You need to practice articulating the gospel. Like in discipleship, for example, if you guys are going through discipleship, even at the junior high level, there are certain questions that we want you guys to verbally answer, even though it's awkward, like the what is it, the lunch line stuff that we have in discipleship? Like, <laughs> you guys love the lunch line question. So, you know, and it's a random question that somebody might ask you at school, but you're sitting across from your discipler and they're saying, okay, if your friend approached you and said, you know, I believe that there's many gods, how can there be only one? What would you answer? And a lot of you are like, uh, or at least Petey's like that. Uh. And, then, and then we work through it and then usually what I do is then I give my answer. Here's how I would answer that question. And so then we kind of work on practicing so that way when you're in that situation, you've already at least thought through what you might say. Now, you can't do that with everything because there are an innumerable amount of variables that could come into play. So the best way to be a good evangelist is just to keep evangelizing. That's what you need to do. It's like learning how to walk or learning how to ride a bike. If you are always afraid of falling, you'll never get on the bike. You never will. But once you get on it and you start taking the risk and you might stumble and you might fall a few times, soon you'll get the hang of it and then you'll be able to navigate through conversations. And so that's the point. Start somewhere. That's why last week's goal was for you guys to share at least one thing that's spiritual. It doesn't have to be major. You don't have to go through the, the entire counsel of God from Genesis to Revelation and explain every jot and tittle. What we're asking is just do something spiritual, have a spiritual conversation, you know, take advantage of an opportunity to pray publicly like that, disciple publicly, you know, listening to Christian music, you know, just whatever the case might be, taking your Bible to school, not even saying a word, but carrying your Bible to school is doing something spiritual that people notice. So whatever it is, just do something small and then go from there, go from there. So we're going to talk about different evangelism methods. So this first one that I wanted to cover, I call it the five landmarks of the gospel. Because if you're going to share the gospel in its entirety, then this is the best way to do it. Um, because you're covering all of your bases. But by no means do you have to go through all of this. Sometimes when you have a conversation with somebody, it's only going to be maybe 10 seconds or maybe 30 seconds or maybe 5 minutes. There's no way that you're going to be able to get through all five points of the landmarks of the gospel in five minutes. It's just not going to happen unless you're really, really worked in it and you can kind of give a, a nutshell version of it. So when you look at the five landmarks of the gospel, um, we're just going to cover a few of these things, but it, it should make logical sense. So the first thing here is we've got the holiness of God. Second thing is the sinfulness of man. Uh, number three, you've got the problem. Number four, the solution. And number five, the choice. <clears throat> now, this is pretty simple. I'm going to get some volunteers to read some verses so that we can speed up our time a little bit. So um, somebody take 1 Samuel 2.2. Who wants that one? Jamie, you can take that one. Um, go ahead and take, um, Hannah, go ahead and take Isaiah 57.15. Um, uh, Kent, go ahead and take Deuteronomy 32.4. Uh, Jack, go ahead and take, um, let's see here, Ecclesiastes 7.20. Um, Noah, take Proverbs 20, verse 9. 
uh, Romans 3.23. You might even have it on memorized, Sam. So you can take that one. And then for the problem, we got Isaiah 59.2. Who would like that one? Uh, Brandy, take that one. And then, um, let's see. Haley, go ahead and take, um, let's see here. Romans 6.23. John 3.36, Timmy. Revelation 20.15. You take that one, Brittany. Um, and then the solution, let's do mm, John 14.6. Who wants that one? Bobby, <laughs> you'd be involved and told. Um, John 14, 6, 1 John 2, 2. What's that one? Rick, you can take that one. You don't have one. Petey, go ahead and take um, 2 Corinthians 5, 19 through 21. And then for the choice, um, John, let's see here. John three sixteen. You got that one, Reese? All right. Why don't you do eleven twenty six as well since you shouldn't have 316 memorized. And then um, Acts ten forty three. Who wants that one? One with that one. Okay. All right, so everyone got your verses down as far as which ones you're going to read. All right, so if you're going to talk about the gospel in its entirety, like if you really wanted to explain the gospel completely, you could start anywhere. Like I have these in in numerical order of one through five, but you don't have to start with the holiness of God. You don't have to. You could start off with man's sinfulness. You could start off with the problem of sin. You could start off with the solution of the, of the gospel. But if you're going to talk about the gospel in its entirety, you will at some point hit all five of these points. You will. And so I'm just going to explain them at a high level. We'll listen to some verses, and hopefully it should make some sense to you guys, and it should help equip you as you start to meditate on these things why these are so critical to the gospel. All right, so first of all, the holiness of God. First Samuel 2.2. 2. There is not Okay, so God is holy, and there is none, none like unto him. Isaiah fifty-seven fifteen. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Okay, so he is holy, he dwells in eternity, and then Deuteronomy thirty-two four. He is the rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are judgment. Okay, I love Deuteronomy 32.4 because I think it defines what holiness is better than, than the others that we, that we talked about. So based on that verse, Kent, if you had to define holiness based on Deuteronomy 32.4, what would you say? Without iniquity, yep. just and right. Yep, exactly. Perfect. Without fault. Without iniquity. Is there anyone in this room that that fits you? Can you say, oh yes, I am holy. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Every single one of us have sinned, and so we know that. So you start with the holiness of God because most people, most people justify their behavior. Most people excuse their sin because they compare themselves with other people. And so then they say, well, I'm not that bad. I mean, if you, if you were to compare me to that other person, I'm way better than that person. And so then that makes them feel better about themselves, even though they are sinful. They think that they rightly deserve God's hand upon their life because they're better than somebody else. That, ladies and gentlemen, it's called religion. And God hates religion. That is not what God describes at all when it comes to the gospel. In order to be with God for all eternity, you have to be holy. You have to be holy. There's no other way that you can be with God because God is holy. God can't even be in the presence of sin. And the Bible talks about that God, just him stooping down to look upon our state, he has to humble himself in order to do that. He had to. 
He has to. So God even getting to know us or acquainting himself with us or even being a part of our lives is him demeaning himself in order to be with us because we are sinners and he's holy. People need to understand that. They need to understand that because it will help them see their sinful state much better, much, much better. So you've got to understand the holiness of God. Once you really get that in, in the frame of mind and you understand how, how different you and God are, then it starts to show that you are sinful. And so we've got Ecclesiastes 7.20. So there's not one person on the earth that does good and doesn't sin. And then we've got uh, Proverbs 20, verse 9. Who can say, I have made my heart clean, I am pure from myself. Okay, and who can say that? Nada. No one. No one can reverse sin in their life. Once you've committed sin, you are now a sinner, then you cannot make yourself clean again. It's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. And then Romans three twenty three. For all of sin comes short of the glory of God. And I love the Bible. It makes it very, very clear for all have sinned. Everyone. There is not one exception. Every human being has sinned and they have fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of them. So now that we understand God's holiness and then it reflects and magnifies the sinfulness of you and I, now we've got a problem. And that's Isaiah 59 too. Whoever has Isaiah 59 too? Anybody? Okay. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Okay, so the context of that is he's talking about the nation of Israel, but it says there sin has separated the nation of Israel from God. Sin separates every single time. Your sin separates, it destroys and it separates your fellowship with God if you're saved. If you're lost, it separates you from God for all eternity. And then we've got. Um, Romans 6.23, I believe. Did we do that one? Yes. Wages of sin is death. So there is a separation. There is a death that's there. And then I think we had John 3.36. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abide upon Okay, so if you don't have the Son of God atoning for your sins, you have the wrath of God. That's what you have. So just based on those verses alone, which we'll get to Revelation 20.15 in a minute, if we were to work our way through even all these verses, but we just don't have time to. So sin makes you separated from God. You deserve to die because of your sin. God's wrath is upon you, and then now you have Revelation 20.15. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Okay, so your name's not going to be in the book of life, and then you're going to be cast into the lake of fire. I'd say that's a problem. I would say that's a huge problem. No one was created to go to the lake of fire except for the devil and his angels. That's it. Human beings were never meant to go there. God never intended mankind to be there. That's Matthew. Matthew talks about that. It's never, it's never meant to be that way. And yet, that's what happens because of sin, so now there's a problem. And so then you have the solution. John fourteen six. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Okay. So if you want life, if you want to be right with the Father, you have to go through Jesus Christ. 1 John 2, 2. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Okay, so there you might have to pull out a dictionary and look up the word propitiation, because we love to use that word. I mean, just try to find a way to use that this week. This is going to be your secondary challenge. Find a way to use the word propitiation this week. I can give the definition. 
Okay, go for it. It's the act of appeasing wrath and con- consolating the favor of an offended person. The act of making proprietus. Yes, I like the second one. The act of yeah. making proprietus. That was a lot more clear. <laughs> yes, it was true. So Jesus, by his act upon the cross, he justified or satisfied God's wrath upon us. And the Bible says in 1 John 2, 2, that it wasn't just for people that are saved, but it was also for the sins of the whole world. So when Christ died on the cross, he died the death and paid the penalty for all of mankind. All of mankind. So God knew, God knew that if mankind was going to sin, that he was going to have to do that, but he did it anyway. Like, he did it anyway, and he died for everyone, even though he knew there would be some that would never receive the gift of salvation. That is amazing to me, that God would do something like that. But that is also an expression of his love. So we have this problem. We can't take care of our problem because we can't make ourselves clean. That's Proverbs 20, verse 9. And so God had to do it for us. 2 Corinthians five nineteen through 21. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not in not imputing their trespasses unto them, and have committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Okay. I love that last verse, that God made Jesus to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So Jesus is the only way. He is the solution. He's the solution. And then you have a choice. So once you understand that there is a solution, a choice must be made. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting. So in order to be saved, you have to, according to that verse... Come on. Take the gift gift by? (laughs) Believing. Yes, it's the B word. Believe. Believe on him that you know that it's true. All right, and then we've got, let's see, was there another one in in John that we did? 1126? Yeah, go ahead. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? It's a great question. Whoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. So that's another one that goes along with John 3.16. And then Acts 10.43. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Okay, so whosoever, whosoever, I love that word, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. And then Romans 10.13, anyone know that one? For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whosoever, whosoever. It is a choice that you have to make, that you have to make out of your own free will to be saved. That you choose to believe in Jesus Christ and you call upon him for salvation and he will save you. So that is the gospel. God is holy. We are not. We deserve hell in the lake of fire. God loved us and provided a solution, but you have to make a choice. That's the gospel in its entirety. So if you ever have the opportunity to sit down with somebody, great Bible study. This would be a great Bible study to sit down with someone and walk through the Bible with them. You don't have to do all the verses. We didn't do all the verses. Just pick out a few. Pick out maybe one verse per point and talk to them about it. So that is the gospel in in its entirety. And it's also explained in 1 Corinthians 15 about how Christ died according to the scriptures. And that he was buried and rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And he was seen alive. Okay. 
And then you've got the Romans Road. So I put these ones up on the screen so we can buzz through these a little bit. But this is another way that people love to share the gospel because it's quick and easy. Um, you can also write these uh, verse references maybe in the margin of your Bible. So you could start off in Romans 1, 20 and 21. And then in the margin next to that, you could put Romans 3, 23. And then when next to Romans 3.23, you could write Romans 6.23. And then next to Romans 6.23, you could write Romans 5.8 and so on. So that way you know which verse comes next in the Romans road. And you'd have that in your Bible that you can share with somebody. Or, like I have blank pages in my Bible in the back. And um, I've chosen to write a few things back here. Um, and so what I end up doing, I write most of my stuff in my margin. But I have some notes from the Bible Institute that I put here. Like the Old Testament chronology. Wicked test. Um, that you can put the Romans road back there so that way you have it in your Bible so that way you can have an opportunity to maybe witness to somebody and use the Romans road. So the Romans road is very, very simple. Uh, Romans 1 very simply talks about how we are sinners. So Romans chapter 1 verse 20 says, For the invisible things from him, from the creation of the world, are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So creation speaks of God and his existence. Verse 21 because that when they knew God, because they knew that this is true, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. So that's where it really begins, is that God is holy, he is real, and we have sin inside of us, and we are much different from God. And that leads to Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And because that's the case, everyone has sinned, we've all come short, the wages of that sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And to explain that gift of salvation so that way you don't have to receive death as your wages, you go to Romans 5.8, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And then from there, if someone is willing to admit that and to believe that, then they say, well, what must I do to be saved? You got Romans 10.9 and 10 and verse 13. That, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead... Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And once a person does that and obeys the scriptures, and they call upon the name of the Lord for salvation, then this is true in their life. Romans 5.1 Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So a great set of verses that really takes you through and explains the gospel from beginning to end and in a very, really nice, neat package straight out of the book of Romans. So that's something that you might want to take a look at, study some of those verses, write them in your Bible, and they might come in handy one day. So that could be another way to share the gospel. And then we've got the good test. So the good test is something that we've done over the years here at our church. And, um, and there are right places and times to do this. And a good place to do this, according to 1 Timothy chapter 1, it says that the law is good if you use it lawfully. And for people that think that, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I deserve to go to heaven because, and they start comparing themselves with other people. Well, I'm not as bad as that person. What that, that is called is self-righteousness. They believe they are good and good enough to make it into heaven that somehow their good outweighs their bad and that they'll be just fine. Anyone in that situation, it's really good to use the good test. And so the good test is very simple. We got it written out on your guys' study sheet. You could ask them, so do you think you're a good person? And of course they would say, 
Yes, absolutely. And then you can say, would you like to take a test and see if you're a good person? And then you start going through the Ten Commandments. And you say, well, have you ever lied before? No. There you did. You just lied. Yes. (laughs) And then you go through several other ones, like, which one do you want to use? You ever hated anyone before? No, but I've heard somebody once. Okay, well then you can <laughs> you broke that one. Yeah. Yeah, because Jesus said it's just like murdering somebody if you've hated somebody, so you've broken that commandment. What else is another one? Yes, using God's name in vain, or even praying to Him and not really thinking that He's going to answer your prayer. Do you do you understand that's also taking God's name in vain? When you study God's name in vain in the Scripture, you know what you find? It's not necessarily a cuss word. Now that is true. But you know what you find? It's actually using God's name in vain, meaning that that there's emptiness behind it, which means that you profess to be a Christian, but your life is a mockery because you're a giant hypocrite. You're taking God's name in vain, by the way. By the way, in case you're wondering about that. It's an interesting study. How about honoring your father and mother? I know all of you have done that pristinely, right? (laughs) <laughs> no, no, okay. So just based on those things, you could go through like three, five, go through all ten, whatever. And then you could say, if you were judged on obeying the Ten Commandments, would you be innocent or guilty? Now, if they're honest, they would say guilty. And so then would you go to heaven or hell based on that alone? And they would, if they're honest, they would say hell. And then that's where you give the gospel. And that's where you tell them. Because you're, you're trying to surface that there's a problem that needs a solution. That's what you really need to do. And, and the mirror of God's word is really good at doing that. And then ask for a response and try to find a way to follow up. So that's a really, really good way to do it too. All right. And the next one, it looks like it got cut off a little bit. It needs spilled over from page two back to page one. But the ask method. The ask method. Um, this is something that they do in London. And, um, and it's a really, really great um, tactic for sharing the gospel, a really great strategy. So um, it's very, very simple, and it's more conversational. Like, I like to have conversations with people, and so I prefer this method or having some form of this method uh, because I like to have conversations with people. So this one starts off with, you ask permission to begin a conversation. Can I ask you a question? Which, of course, unless they're extremely rude or late to somewhere, they literally can't talk and they would say no. But most people might say, yeah, I got time for a question. And then you ask their opinion. Who is Jesus? Or what do you believe about Jesus? Which, of course, could unload many different things that they believe about Jesus. And so at the end of that, you have, we can debate or argue many foolish questions with them. But what they believe about Jesus will be what matters most. Because remember John 14, 6? No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If it's not for Jesus, then there's no other way. There's no other way to be saved. So what they believe about Jesus is the most important thing. So respond to their answers respectfully and kindly, meaning that you actually believe that with all your heart. Um, that's really interesting. I really appreciate your opinion. Um, that may be something that would actually disengage them from fighting and, and having that type of conversation with you where you're fighting all the time, being very contentious. And then as we continue to S and K, um, <coughs> We will, oh gosh, my notes, my notes are my thing. I forget this one. Um, what? Continue. There you go. Continue to ask questions. Thank you. That fits. We will continue to ask questions. Okay. Um, and then next, we tell them what the Bible says about Jesus. That's sharing the gospel. We tell them what the Bible says about Jesus. So this is the point where you share the gospel. So you might get to a point with them where you say, what do you believe about Jesus? And then they answer. 
and then you say, you know, that's really interesting, or I've never really heard that, I really appreciate this, um, can I share with you what I believe about Jesus? And generally, if you have, you're at this point in the conversation and you're being somewhat respectful, then they'll say, sure. And then you can give them the gospel and you can go through the five landmarks or you can share it however way you want. You could do the good test. You could do any sorts of things. You can do Romans Road, whatever. But we can teach the gospel in any way which we are comfortable, whatever works good in that scenario or whatever you're comfortable doing. And then at the end of that, ask them for a response. What do you think about that? Or does that make sense to you? I have been surprised at how many times that I've used this, that I get to the end of sharing the gospel, and I ask them, so what do you think about this? And you know what they've said to me sometimes? I've never heard that before. Like, what? You've never heard the gospel before like that. It's true. Most people have really never heard the gospel. They've heard Jesus They've heard the term Bible and God and church and religion. You know, they may have even heard of John 3.16, but they've never actually heard the gospel. So it's something you can't take for granted. So don't think people just know the gospel and they've just outright rejected it. Many people have never actually heard it in its entirety. So then after you get to that point, um, you continue the conversation by responding to their responses and you try to keep that conversation going. You're looking to share the gospel with as many people as you can. That's the command where the power of God lies for sure. And we're looking for receptive people that God brings our way. Lead them to pray to receive Christ if they're ready and practice and be ready for how you might lead them to pray to receive Christ. Um, I know of people that have been in a situation where someone's like, yes, that's true. I believe that and I want to receive Christ now. And they're like, really? <laughs> and then they don't know what to do. Um, so think about that, how you would actually be in that situation and what you might do. And then, K, keep the conversation going. We do not want to give up on any conversation until we have to. You never give up on any conversation until we have to. Pastor Brian Clark says that. Um, and that's true. I think sometimes we give up way too easily. Um, and so if, if you can keep that conversation going, plant a seed and try to bring it up later, then do it. If you get into a situation where you can't answer someone's question, don't freak out. Just say, you know what? I really don't know the answer to that question, but I'll find out and I'll, and I'll talk to you again about it. And you know what they'll probably do? They'll probably say, okay. They might forget about your conversation completely, but you always have an open door with them because you can come back two weeks later and say, hey, remember when we were talking about whatever? And they're like, oh, Yeah. I found an answer for you. And then you can just keep the conversation going. So think about it that way. If you've had a good conversation, they get saved, or just a great interactive conversation, ask if they'd like to continue the discussion over coffee or whatever works best. We don't just want to throw seeds to the wind. Seek for a second encounter. Our church is a disciple-making church, so we need to nurture any fruit that it that remains. We need to nurture it so that the fruit remains, and that's what the Bible talks about. So this method is the method that Crossroads Baptist Church in London, they employ on the street. It's created to move within the structure to make it your own. There's no secret ninja move. I love how he says that. I can just hear him saying that. There's no secret ninja move that will win all the battles. You just got to go out and do it. You just got to go out and do it. So these are a few methods that are really, really interesting. Um, and there's more than this too. I mean, even using your salvation testimony can be very, very powerful. Um, there's many things that you could do. So what I would like to do tonight and over the next couple of weeks is I would like to practice a little bit. So um, let's just go ahead and break the ice and we'll do it this way. So I got the names. So what we're going to do is we're going to shake her up and we're going to pick which one of you that I pull out is going to be lost and which one's going to be saved, and you guys are going to have a gospel conversation in front of everybody else. Okay? And then next week, it won't be as pressured. What we'll do is we'll have you guys practice with each other for a little bit, 
and then uh, maybe ask some questions and then maybe do this again. But this should be fun. This should be, t- this should be tons of fun. All right. Right. By casting lots, you know if you're if you're chosen to do this, this means that God has uh, He really wants you to work on this. <laughs> yeah, right. Can't All right. To see this first. Thing. All right. Wait, is the first person lost or saved? I don't know. What do you want to do? We'll know when you pick it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right. Ella. All right. Is Ella lost or saved? What do you want to be? You want to be lost or saved? All right, she's lost. All right, let me get up here. All right. Yeah. Yes. All right. Now, here's the thing, though. You're the lost person, so you could actually make it difficult on them because they're going to be trying to share the gospel with you. And then you could actually trip them up by asking them questions back or being the devil's advocate, literally and figuratively. Where are we going? Where are we going? Yeah, Frankie. Can I pass? Yes, you may. I'll give you a one-time visitor pass. <laughs> she said I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. No, she did, literally. I got her. Yeah. Oh, I got Brooks. All right, so I got Brooks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unless you want to do it. You want to do it? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, yeah, come on up here. So you got Brooke, you'll stand right here. Ella, you'll stand right here. You guys are just having a normal, everyday conversation, ignoring the giant audience that is uh, <laughs> staring up and listening at every word. Okay. <laughs> um, how's it going? Do <laughs> <laughs> you normally do that? Yes. It's going good. That's good. All right. Can I share the gospel with you? Yes. <laughs> I don't have to give you permission. You can do whatever you okay. want. Yes. <laughs> you know. All right. So, what do you think it is? A book about a man. Yeah. Okay. What man? Some guy named Jesus. Yeah. Okay. So Jesus is God's son, and do you know who God is? I've heard of him. Yeah. Okay. So God is this like perfect guy who lives in heaven, and he created everything, and so Jesus is his only begotten son. So God sent his son to earth to die for our sins um so and then do you know what sin is no no okay so a sin is anything that you think say or do that displeases god and then so in romans three twenty three, it says for all have sinned and come short of the glory of god so what do you think that means <laughs> that, I've, that i've sinned okay <laughs> yeah so um you know, because we have sinned, we fall short of God's perfectness. And then, um, so, but God doesn't want us to not be with him. So, um, because we've sinned, uh, you know, we can't be in heaven. Oh. Oh, my gosh. That's awkward. <laughs> I still Romans, um, 623 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So because we have sin in our life, we're not going to make it to heaven. But, you know, if we accept God in our heart, um, then we're going to live in heaven with God. And so is that something that you'd like to do? I mean, yeah, okay. I guess so. And then you just follow up with that. Yeah. 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 All right, good job. Good job. Way to break the ice. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job.
Okay. All right. We got the next couple. No one, Sam. Leave it off. We need you to try something new. Okay. All right. Lost or saved? Depends on lost person. Lost person. Lori Bachman. Get him, Lori. All right. Lost. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Which That's actually probably lost. does happen, by the way. Uh, no. Yeah. Morgan Minner. Can <laughs> <laughs> get some guys involved? Can you, like, start eating up? Hey, they're holding it. God's choosing. <laughs> All right, so Morgan, you're giving Lost Lori. <laughs> That's a great one. Uh, lost Lori the Gospel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so... Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Okay, so what do you think that heaven is? Okay. Do you think you're good enough to go there? No. No? Okay, so all for all of sin, it comes short of the glory of God. So do you believe that you have sin in your life? No. Do you know what sin is? No. Sin <laughs> <laughs> so is anything that you think, say, or do that displeases God. So have you ever lied to your parents? No. Okay. That's where you can rail on her. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I know you have. You just lied to your mom and dad last week! <laughs> you don't have to do that. <laughs> you railed the whole thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> have you ever um, lied? Maybe once. Maybe once. Okay, so that one time that you lied, that was sin. <laughs> and because you lied, that means you're a sinner. And being a sinner means that you're separated from God eternally. And so what you do is you accept Jesus into your heart. So do you know who Jesus is? He's a man. Okay. He's the son of God. And God sent him to the earth because he loves us and he wanted us to have a way to be with him forever. And so he sent his son to die for us so that we could be with him. So we have to believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins and took our sins upon himself so that we could accept him and his gift of eternal life and be with God in heaven forever. Do you believe that? Maybe. Okay. Um, you gotta learn how to land the plane. Is you? Um, so, what do you believe Jesus was here to do? To save us. To save. So, what do you think it meant when Jesus died on the cross? Yeah, he loved us a lot. And because he loved us, he gave us his word so that we could read it and learn from him and how we're supposed to live. And um, so what do you think after we've talked about these things? I don't believe none of that.
So when you're in that situation, there's a couple things that you could do. So like at first, I think Laura might be bipolar. She's like, yeah, I kind of want to do that. No, I don't believe any of that. Um, but what you could do in that situation is that you could actually be like, well, if this is something that you're interested in, would you want to talk more about it? And maybe we can find another time to go do that. Or, um, or you know, is this something that, that you would want to commit your life to doing right now? Because we can even pray and receive Jesus Christ right now if you're ready. But if you're not, you know, you can, so you can kind of do it that way. So that's one of the hardest parts. Getting the conversation started and then finishing the conversation are the two hardest parts of the whole thing. So as you guys are finding out. So let's find out more. All right, yes. Let's this see. is fun. Let's see if there's a, a guy who folded. If it's a girl, just go to the next. Peterman. Yes. Say Jesus. Let's see this. I'm ready. You ready? I, uh, oh. Jamie. Yes, I'm lost. Oh, this is <laughs> <laughs> Petey is going to try to wait, witness to Jamie. Oh, wait, I'm not lost? I thought the first person was lost. Oh, no. Oh, Bobby okay. called you out of scene. No, bro, you're saved, man. <laughs> 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 what is Bobby doing? He's not the leader. He's the new leader, so he wants to be special. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited to be the lost. <laughs> <laughs> So excited to be a demon. I'm finding out so much tonight. <laughs> Alright, uh, hey, can I ask you a question? Can you make it quick? Because I gotta go. Where do you have to be? I gotta go to class. Is it important? <laughs> yeah, Is it a good true. class? Yeah, well, no, I mean, they're not, they're not good, but I gotta go anyway. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, anyways, yeah, go. Uh, yeah, like four minutes. So. Alright, well, uh, have you ever heard of uh, Jesus Christ? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, what have you heard about him? I hear people using his name a lot. Do you know, like, do you, like, believe in him? Do you know who, who he is? Well, let me ask you, do you think you're a good person? Most days. Uh, well, have you ever, uh, have you ever lied? Yeah. You have? Well, in the Bible it says that if you've committed, uh, one sin that in the Ten Commandments, then you've, uh, then you've broken all the commandments. So, if, uh, I judge you by that... Would you say that you're innocent or guilty of the Ten Commandments? Guilty. You would? So if you're guilty of the Ten Commandments, would you be, uh, do you think you'd be sent to heaven or hell? Well, I mean, you know, like, guilty of one thing, not really guilty of the other. I could probably make it in, I guess. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real life situation, Petey. That's conversation. So you think that you would be, why do you think you'd be, uh, allowed in heaven. I mean, like, my bad definitely does not outweigh my good. I do a lot more good things than I do bad things, so I think I'll balance it out. That's a big well, lady liberty over here. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, even if you've committed one sin, it says that you've committed uh, all the sins. So, and God says that there can be no sin in heaven. So, if you look at it from that way, do you think you'd be allowed in heaven? Probably not. Probably not? Well, uh, Roman in uh, <laughs> in the Bible it says that uh, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. So even I have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But uh, if you believe in Him and you do, it's easy, easy as A B C to be saved. It's A. You have to A admit that you're a sinner. And have you ever uh, gone on your hands and knees and uh, admitted to God that you're a sinner before? No. Have uh, and then B is believe in uh, Christ and. You have to uh, believe that he died on the cross and save, and save you from your sin. And then C is that you have to confess with your mouth that he is Lord. And uh, you've ever done that before? No. Would you be willing to do that? I don't think about it. 
Well, after the, what do you think about Jesus now? Do you think I anything mean, different I'm now? I'm still not sure that he's like God or anything. I mean, you can really anything prove that he's God. So, I mean, oh, wow. I mean, how could you be God and uh, his son at the same time? Like, that's kind of weird. So, I don't have to think about it. Well, Jesus is God in human form. <laughs> It, it, he came down to earth a long time ago and he went back up. That's a whole different story. Yeah. But. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah, totally that's unrelated. Right. Totally unrelated. <laughs> totally unrelated. I don't know what to do now. Hand on the track. Say have a birthday. <laughs> Here would be a good way to end it. So, if. Okay. So She's you, a tough cookie to crack. So, yeah, so you said that you, you want to think about this. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, you know, we'll probably see each other around in passing. Think about this, and maybe I can even ask you sometime later if you want to keep talking about it at a later point in time. Mm-hmm. She's got to go. Yeah. Told you four minutes. Too quiet. So. Mm. <laughs> you got your four minute mark, by the way. Lady Liberty's got to go. All right, good job. Yeah. All right, very good, very good. Okay, um, so the one thing that I did like about what PD had did there too is that he brought himself into the situation. Yes, that's good. Very, very good. Because um, people that people identify with that. Like, if you're able to say, now listen, I'm not saying that I'm perfect because I know that I've made tons of mistakes. So I'm in it with you. And you start doing stuff like that, then there's some people that when you share the gospel with them, they think, well, who do you, do you think you're better than me because you, you know this truth and I don't? Or, you know, they pull something like that. So just be thinking about stuff like that. Okay, we are officially out of time. Um, we could keep going if you would like to, but I know some of you need to leave. So. I was just gonna add one yeah, more. Go for it. Go for it. One thing that I that really resonated with me was using logic. Yes. Like when she was standing there saying, you know, my good outweighs my bad, I would I immediately go to like a courtroom scene and I'm like, okay, so if it's you know, a murderer stood before a judge and said, But look at all this good I did or somebody yeah. doesn't value eternity and really doesn't care about hell, shed light on how valuable their soul is compared to what you know, yeah. use you don't have, I mean I'm not saying don't use the Bible. Use the Bible. Yeah. But you can connect it with the world, too. Yes. You know, life circumstances. Absolutely. Yeah, that helps out tremendously. Yeah. I've, I've gotten some great conversations with atheists that way, where I just get them to think and use some logic to think a little bit, and it really helps out. Yeah, Rick. I was say, what you're talking about, the personal aspect, yeah. is a lot of times I'm you know, witnessing with folks, is usually this leads into an opportunity to share your testimony. Yeah. Your testimony is one of the most powerful things outside of the Word of God, which obviously is more powerful because you wouldn't have been saved without it. Your personal testimony will go a mile with people because a lot of times when you start sharing your story, you know it doesn't matter if you were saved, you know when you were six or twenty-six or whatever. Yeah. That's your testimony, and nobody can touch it. That person in front of you can't touch that. They just can't. When you share that and you explain how you got saved and you got saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ, the very thing that you're showing, sharing with them, right this, right then, and right there, that a lot of times you you'll see their whole countenance change and they're they'll dial in and they're just like really, yeah. So that's who this that's who Jesus Christ is to you. Yes, he's not a story on a tree, right? Not just a story in a book and a man on right. a tree, right? Exactly. So that's good. That's it goes good. a long way. You'll find you'll have a like a lot. Like all of a sudden, you'll find more confidence when you start sharing your story. Honestly, it's like yeah, the lights, a switch will get turned with you. Yeah, if you're in an uncomfortable spot. And I think that's a good point to end on too, because you know maybe you're thinking about, well, do I have a story? Because if your life has never changed, if Christ has never intersected your life and your life is not different from what it used to be, then there's a chance that you might not be saved, and so you don't have a story to tell. 
You know, because there's a lot of people that are involved in Christianity and religion, but they've never accepted Christ as their Savior. And their life has never changed. They just are part of a new type of club. It's just something else that they do. Another team that they associate with. Which would be the winning team, by the way. But anyway. <laughs> Alright. Alright, let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll get out of here. Father, thank you for tonight. I pray that we would be challenging these things. And even as we look at this next week of the challenge of, of sharing the gospel with the one person, if we have an opportunity to, of just sharing even a portion of the gospel with some person, that you would um, help us to have that open door and help us to have the eyes to see those open doors and the boldness to walk through it. Um, and so, God, I pray that you would be with us and that you would be leading people across our path, that sharing the gospel would be easy because you've already been preparing the hearts of the people that are crossing our path. And, um, and that we just be ready to uh, go ahead and give them the good news that has changed our lives. So thank you, God, for loving us. Thank you for not giving up on us. And uh, thank you for the gospel that has changed us completely and for all eternity. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.